Today is Monday, January 2nd, 2023. Happy New Year to everyone. This is the first show of the year. We're super excited. And in the news, we have Donald Trump sparks controversy after truthing that strict abortion policies cost Republicans the 2022 election. McCarthy continues to struggle with the House Speaker role. Does he have enough votes? It's heating up. And Gavin Newsom makes history in California with new laws now taken into effect, including making California a sanctuary state for trans youth. This is Inform Daily. I am your host, Anthony Cabasa, and let's jump into that first uh, article. So, um, uh, obviously, this is something that I'm sure a lot of you have probably already heard about. Um, this is Donald Trump yesterday. This is a day ago, January 1st, 2023. He kind of took a different approach. Obviously, we've been kind of hearing about, uh, you know, a lot of back and forth in the Republican Party, the GOP, the RNC kind of pointing fingers and who's to blame and, you know, all this stuff. And Donald Trump has been pretty defensive about himself saying, like, guys, stop trying to blame me. Like, I actually had a pretty good record. Um, don't don't try to just make this about me because it's not. And, and I think that in a way he feels like he has to come out kind of swinging because I think that what he is probably well aware of that I'm sure a lot of you are well aware of is that they're trying to blame someone. And if they are able to successfully blame Trump and what I mean by that is not only just blame them, but but try to present evidence against them that that that's the way the GOP will kind of sideline him going to 2024, even though he's announced and say, well, look, you know, um, we're, we're trying to get rid of the people that are to blame. It's obviously not working. We're trying to rebrand for 2024. But hey, a lot of Republicans agree that uh, going into 2024, it, it's just it's probably not going to work out if you try to sideline the guy that's basically uh, the face of the party at this point in time. Um, and so this is what he had to put on, uh, or this is what he truth. I don't know. What are you supposed to call when he posts like on true social? Is it just like a truth? Like, do we just truth, you know, Hey, this is a truth or I, I, I don't know. I, it's kind of interesting, but I guess he posted on true social it says, uh, quote, it wasn't my fault that the Republicans didn't live up to expectations in the midterms. I was 233 to 20, meaning 233 of his endorsements of his endorsed candidates won and only 20 lost. It was, quote, the abortion issue, poorly handled by many Republicans, especially those that firmly insisted on no exceptions, even in the case of rape, incest, or life of the mother, that lost large numbers of voters. Also, the people that pushed so hard for decades against abortion got their wish from the U.S. Supreme Court and just plain disappeared, not to be seen again. Plus, Mitch, stupid dollars. I think that's what it means, like stupid dollars. Um, it has a dollar sign, comma, S. So I want to say like, it's like stupid monies or stupid donor money or like stupid dollars. I'm not really sure what that little last part meant. Um, I'm sure QAnon, QAnoners are probably looking at this like, oh, there it is, a dollar sign. Remember Q posted this in 2017? Uh, but <laughs> uh, we won't go into that. Uh, no, but look. If we're objectively looking at this, uh, I'm, I'm sorry to say this, he's objectively correct. And, and what I mean by that is, and we're going to take a look at this, okay? So this is uh, Tufts uh, College. This is just one poll. People are kind of giving me like crap because I use a CNN poll. Um, you, you guys need to understand this, okay? For, for the Republicans and the conservatives in my audience, I don't necessarily use sources that are very right leaning like Fox News or Breitbart or um, I don't know, whatever other right wing publication or, or right of center publication you can think of. I tend to use CNN on purpose, MSNBC on purpose and, and more left leaning because I I here here's a deal. Whenever I present evidence, people want to know the source of that evidence, right? Usually in making my argument, I am trying to prove independence right. I am trying to prove conservatives right. So the argument is already being had that, hey, we were right. But I'm using a leftist leaning source so that I don't lose the left leaning people in my audience. If I start quoting Breitbart, they're going to laugh and say, you're using Breitbart. So I use CNN as evidence to prove Trump right. Do you understand what I'm, you, you understand like the tactic that I'm using? 
you guys already know that these sources can't necessarily be trusted per se in the sense of like cultural things or or to always be honest, you know, for example, on on on, you know, voting or whatever it is. But the polls are usually third party and, and the polls are usually spot on. And, 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 and what I'm about to present to you guys is an independent one. And then there's a CNN one. But there's also plenty of polls out there that show this. Add that on to the people that have been responding to this topic, that have been responding to this truth that he posted, and add that on to real life experience. And what I'm what I mean by that is I've talked to hundreds, if not thousands, of of audience members, people that follow me that said, Yes, abortion was the number one issue for my daughter, for us as a family, etc. You gotta understand, not everyone that follows me is conservative or republican. So I have a lot of people that say, hey, yeah, if you want me to be honest with you, yes, we did vote on abortion because we do not believe in 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 either um, uh, abortion at all or we, we don't believe in abortion on demand or we don't believe. And sadly, the most of the people are applying. It's like we do believe in no in, in not legalizing abortion. But that's not for me to say I, I am a, the kind of person that I am personally against it, but I would vote for it to be a choice for people. And look, you can be listening, you can be rolling your eyes, you can be saying the buts and the what ifs and this, this and that, and, and biblically speaking. But the reality is that, uh, unfortunately, we don't have like a centralized church. We don't have like a centralized voice of, of Christians and, and, and conservatism and even Catholics. Uh, you, you would think that with, with them kind of being at that forefront of things uh, with, with the centralized church and the Vatican and all stuff, that they would have a, a stronger opposition for it. But there's even like... Or nonprofits now called the Catholics for choice, right? So, so it, it, it's a little bit hard. But anyways, going back to this, so this is young voters prioritize, and this is what they had to say: young voters prioritize abortion, older voters prioritize inflation. And, and take a look at this poll here, and, and I'm going to show it to you guys. And it says the percentage of voters by age group who chose each issue as a top issue in deciding their vote. So the the, the blue bar here is crime. Uh, the green, kind of like lime green, is abortion. Then you have like a teal, which is inflation, like a bluish. And then you have gun policy, which is dark green. And then you have immigration. Surprisingly, it looks like immigration is like the lowest across all demographics. So it has here voting brackets. The voting brackets are 18 to 29, 30 to 44, 45 to 64, and 65 plus. So just to give you an idea... For voters ages 18 to 29, abortion was the number one issue at 44%. The second one was 21%. And then you had uh, crime at 13%. And then you had gun policies at 9% and immigration at 7%. 44% of people polled that were voting were for abortion in this demographic. And again... It's not just this poll, it's poll after poll after poll shows that this was the number one issue, if not the, the top two issues for voters. And in this very same graph, we move over to ages 30 to 44. The, the number one issue for people age 30 to 44 does switch up. It is now inflation. I think that's because a lot of us in our 30s are now homeowners and we have families. We've started families. So, of course, inflation is going to be at, at the very top. But just right below it, it's not even that many, it's not even like 5% difference. We have 34% is inflation, 31% was abortion. And then from that, we go into uh, gun policy at 13%, and then crime is 8%, and then 6% immigration. So, so ages 18 to 29 are actually more concerned about immigration than ages 30 to 44. Then we go to ages 45 to 64. And we have 33% are more worried about inflation, the economy, yet 24%, only 9% difference, abortion was a number one issue. And then we go into the, the, the ages 65 plus, 32% are worried about inflation, and 22%, that was the only one that had the largest margin at 10%, uh, worried about abortion. So what do we have here? We have ages 18 all the way to 65 plus, the number one and the number two issue, it was inflation, but it was also abortion. And abortion were the Gen Zers. These are the youngest people, the people that are just voting. And, and let me tell you something. I remember um, when, when I went out to the Roe v. Wade protest in Los Angeles, 
I saw people registering to vote by the dozens, if not the hundreds. I personally saw and talked to 18-year-olds, 17-year-olds that were getting ready to vote, and they said, this will be my first election, and I am voting to keep abortion legal. You don't have to like it. You, you, Sure, you can kind of make the argument that, oh, but Anthony, you live in Los Angeles. Of course you're going to be, you know, yes. But again, these polls show that all voters, it's not just liberal cities. It's all voters in general that are voting for these uh, for, for abortion rights. That's what did it for them. And with, with ages 18 to 29, the Gen Zers, these are the people that voted in the highest. I mean, 44%. It, I saw a statistic that said that in uh, Arizona State University, for example, these are your 18 to 29ers. Arizona State University, of all students that voted on the campus, only 4% voted for Cary Lake. 4%. Cary Lake didn't even get 5% of Arizona State University students that voted. That means 96% went to Katie Hobbs. And she was for abortion. I I, I say this kind of, you know, I, I've said this before where, you know, I said if it, if 10 years ago you you would have come up to me and told me, Anthony, in, in 2022, one of the most important elections of our lifetime. And I feel like I'm saying that about like almost every election since the 2016, but arguably, right, we, we have inflation on there. We have uh, the economy. Uh, we got Russia and, and, and Ukraine war. It's it's arguably a very important election, midterm election. That's where you vote on senders, uh, the House, right, all that stuff. If you if these people would have told me, came up to me and said, hey, you know what? Um, in 2022, Democrats are going to finagle themselves into making abortion the top reason to vote. And this is going to motivate the youngest voters. I would have said you're you're absolutely crazy. And now you have Donald Trump kind of shifting away for the reasons of losing, and now he is saying this is the reason why we lost. And this is just one poll. And again, this is this is CNN here, and it says here abortion should be legal. Only fifteen percent of of the people polled said that fifteen percent of abortion, fifty uh, percent of people polled said abortion should be legal. And then it says. Um, uh, the, the people that wanted abortion was, uh, well, wait a minute, what does it say? 15% and 95%. says legal, no, 15%. Illegal, 95% said no. And then legal, 85% said yes. And illegal, 5% said no. So there's there's stipulations. Obviously, there's, there's uh, you know, first trimester, second trimester, third trimester, right? And and this is what, uh, exactly what, um, you know, there, there were some people that blamed, you know, people like Senator Lindsey Graham, who introduced, this is September 13th, by the way, right? So again, you can look at poll after poll, and it shows that Donald Trump is right. It was the abortion issue alone that motivated a lot of people to go out and vote and vote against Republicans specifically. And then you have this guy here, Lindsey Graham, uh, GOP Senator Lindsey Graham, this is uh, NPR, Graham introduces 15-week abortion ban in the Senate, September 13, 2022. This is just weeks away from the election. And it says, Senator Lindsey Graham uh, has introduced a bill to create a federal ban on abortions at 15 weeks in an attempt to force Republicans to adopt a party-wide consensus on the issue. The move comes as Democrats have turned abortion into a rallying cry following the Supreme Court decision in June to overturn uh, Roe v. Wade polls have consistently shown that a majority of voters oppose the end of federal abortion protections. That is correct. That has nothing to do with my personal view. It has nothing to do with you listening right now saying, but that's not true. I am against it. That's not true. I know people. That's not true. My whole family. That's not true. My whole church. That's fine. But that is also a fallacy. It, it, you're, you're, you're basically saying that because you know so many people that align with your views, that that is a general consensus. The general consensus, according to poll after poll, left-leaning or right-leaning, and just talking with people, right? I posted this question out in my, um, uh, my Instagram stories yesterday, Sunday, and I was going to make an argument for it today. And, and I said to people, what do you think about this? A lot of Republicans, a lot of conservatives said, yes, he is right. You don't have to like what he says, but that is just the truth. That's why you had people possibly like Blake Masters, like Carrie Lake and, and, and others that lost the election because they were a lot harsher on, uh, on, on, on the restriction of abortion. 
right? Saying that, hey, we're just going to ban it all, right? And guess what? There's Catholics for choice. There are Christians for choice. There are people, and, and here's where it kind of gets like smudgy, I guess, or a little bit blurry be, between the lines is I have met a lot of Christians that say, I personally don't believe in abortion and I would never have an abortion. But I believe that when it comes to voting, we should always make it an option for people because God gives us the option in life to make good or bad decisions. And, and I've heard a lot of arguments for it, a lot of arguments against it. Me personally, this is just my opinion, I, I'm a completely against all abortion in, in any case or scenario. And I personally will always vote pro-life. Now, again, this is where it kind of gets like a little interesting because and I and I pose this question, you know, to, to my telegram group of people there. And I said, look, at the end of the day, is this going to be the nail, you know, in the, the last nail in the coffin for Donald Trump? I don't think so. I think he said something that is objectively true. I don't think he was calling for people to compromise. I didn't read that and what he was saying. You know, it just says it was poorly handled by many Republicans, which is true, objectively speaking. I don't think he was specifically saying, you know, hey, we should have compromised. Hey, we should have this. So I, I see some people kind of saying like, this is it. This is this is it for Donald Trump. I, I don't know if this is it for Donald Trump. I, I, I really don't. And, and, and that's because he said something that is objectively true. That's just the reality. There's a lot of Republicans in purple seats, possibly in blue seats, hoping to swing red. And the abortion issue was what did it for them. So why do you have people like Senator Lindsey Graham coming out just weeks before? And, and hey, listen, you know, I'm all for the guy saying what he said. And I'm going to show you guys a, a small clip of that here shortly. But Lindsey Graham, this is what you're really convicted about weeks before an election is pro-life. I, I just don't know how much I trust this guy. So I almost feel like it was a little bit self-sabotaging. So this is Jesse Waters. And, and I just want you guys to hear this, um, you know, back and forth and, and kind of give me your opinion on this. But this is Jesse Waters. This is him interviewing uh, Lindsey Graham right after Lindsey Graham made this proposal to ban abortion after 15 weeks at the federal level if you put him back in charge. But that's not what happened. Instead, Lindsey Graham called a press conference to propose a nationwide abortion ban. We should have a law at the federal level that would say after 15 weeks, no abortion on demand, except in cases of rape, incest, to save the life of the mother. Senator Lindsey Graham joins me now. So Senator Graham, Republicans are very angry at you. You're, you're getting a lot coming for this. Yeah. Why'd you do it on that day? Not great timing. Don't you, you see that? Okay, so already, well, first, I, I need to make it clear that Lindsey Graham, from, from that soundbite, it seems like he was seeking to ban uh, abortion at the federal level, present a bill, um, and, and basically... Um, what he was asking for was that there would be exceptions. So I'm not sure, you know, again, Donald Trump doesn't say Lindsey Graham said that. I'm just pulling this up because of the timing. I'm not saying that this is what, you know, Lindsey Graham, even though he is for exception, what is Donald Trump talking about? I'm talking about the Republicans that said, no, no exceptions, right? Those probably, a lot of those candidates probably lost. So here you have Jesse Waters reading the room and saying, why are we doing this weeks before an election? Which, hey, in hindsight, I'm asking myself the same thing. Why are we doing this weeks to an election? Why not just keep that agenda quiet until you secure the Senate and the House? I truly do believe that what Donald Trump said is true. Objectively speaking, I don't think he's calling for anyone to change their views. It just says what you, you handled it poorly which again, I do believe it was handled poorly by many, right? So this is what Lindsey Graham's response was. Uh, I'm proudly pro-life uh, and I have no apology for being pro-life and there's no bad time to defend the unborn. So if you expect me to sit on the sidelines and watch the Democratic Party try to pass the most radical abortion law in the history of the country, you're talking to the wrong guy. Okay, so again, 
just based off of Lindsey Graham's like track record, that's where I'm just kind of like, okay, bro. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know if I completely believe that it's a heartfelt, you know, like, oh, I, I'll always stand for life and this, this and that. I, I kind of feel like it was done to kind of sabotage Republicans because it, it's right before the election. It's like, to me, it's like, why wouldn't you just wait? Why not just wait till you secure both and then present the bill then? Why would you do it weeks before? So again, with this, I cannot necessarily side with the people saying, oh, this is Trump showing us cards. This is who he's always been. This is not. I think what he said is objectively true and the evidence backs it. And there are a lot of Republicans. Again, you and I don't have to like it. I have my views. You have your views. But the reality is a lot of quote-unquote conservatives, a lot of quote-unquote Christians, a lot of quote-unquote Republicans that may not be, you know, religious people do believe in abortion restrictions, but not outright that it should be banned completely. That's just the reality. And if, if I'm not mistaken, Donald Trump has often said, I am pro-life, but I do believe in 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 some restrictions in, or or some liberties in, in the case of incest or rape or the life of the mother. Now, there are people that or the health of the mother and there are people that know in, in no cases, which is me. I am in no cases. That's my personal. But that doesn't mean that, uh, you know, everyone's going to hold that view. And and my my job and my work is to eventually have everyone right through through influence or through, through my personal explanations of things and and the and these college courses that I go to or college campuses, these university campuses, that personal debate, the teaching my children why, all that stuff, all that stuff is going to shift society uh, to, to align with my views, right? Or, or I'm going to influence those people to now have my views or to at least have an open mind about my views, right? And, and I think that's great. But the reality is that the majority of Republicans don't necessarily agree with just outright banning abortion in totality. I mean, look, we just passed and by we, I mean the Republicans just passed the Same-Sex same Marriage Act. That's just because, and, and again, I'll say this in my opinion, unfortunately, the political right is moving culturally left. Now, who knows where that goes, right? If, we're, if, if conservatives continue to, to just kind of cave in to, to whether it's same-sex marriage or, or, or abortion, who knows? But Trump has always made himself very clear on these issues. So I don't know why it's any surprise to anybody that Donald Trump is saying this. And, and you have to understand that. Like, look, again, I pose the question. 2024 comes, you know, it's, it's next year. Literally, presidential election is already next year. That's nuts to think about, right? The midterms just ended. But also, it, it is January, so I understand. Um, but my, my argument is, if it's 2024 and it's Trump versus Biden, what are the pro-life absolutists going to do? Are you going to vote for someone like Joe Biden that is arguably for abortion on demand despite being a Catholic, right? Or, or abortion being a legal right and all this stuff. Or are you going to vote for someone like Donald Trump who restrict will restrict or is for the restriction of abortion but with some parameters? So, so I guess my question to you is, and, and you know, we're going to move on to the, to the next thing here. My question to you is, as a Christian that believe that is a pro-life absolutist, will you vote for the lesser of two evils or will you just not vote? Is voting for something to align closer to you, to shift culture, to shift politics closer to you, is that a compromise? And is that something that you're willing to do to, to get society back on track according to Christian or conservative values? That's a question we're all going to have to face because in all politics, every politician, we always have to compromise. That's the reality. That doesn't mean you change your views. There's a big difference between voting for someone that doesn't necessarily align with you, but for the most part does. But, but that doesn't mean that you are going to change your views on it, right? So, so that's the question. And you know, to, to and this is kind of interesting, and especially the timing. So December 15, 2022, this was written, Governor DeSantis ready to sign abortion heartbeat bill. 
He says, I'm willing to sign great life legislation. Changes may be afoot yet again on Florida's laws regarding reproductive rights. During a press conference in Fort Lauderdale Thursday, Governor Ron DeSantis was asked if he would take the lead on the heartbeat bill, which would ban terminations of pregnancy if there were a detectable fetal heartbeat. I'm willing to sign great le life legislation. That's what I've always said I would do, DeSantis said, as House Speaker Paul Renner looked on. Florida famously passed legislation earlier this year banning abortion after the 15th week of pregnancy and language in HB5 made no exception for cases of rape and incest. So this is really interesting because before the election, Florida passed HB5 and it bans abortion after 15 weeks and makes no exception for cases of rape and incest. And Florida voted for the guy, right? But that's probably because Florida is more conservative. It's a lot more Republican now. That is not the case for blue seats. It's not the case for purple seats. It's not the case for purple states. And what's interesting is, wow, would you look at this? This article is dated December 15th. You mean he waited till after the midterms to say that he is actually willing to go stricter on abortion? Hmm. Maybe, like Trump said, this is what all Republicans should have done. Why would you give it away before knowing that abortion was already extremely controversial and that that was going to drive voters? And look, I think everyone underestimated how important the abortion issue would be coming into 2022. But lesson learned with that. So with that, we're going to go into the very next segment here. Uh, McCarthy still short on votes in bid to become speaker. This is as of four hours ago. So here we have... The new Congress coming on in, Republicans took the House barely in what is being called the red trickle, right? And he still doesn't have enough votes. And actually, I was reading Anthony Sabatini. He's a, a representative out of Florida, and he actually just posted um, on his Twitter, five men had the courage to publicly stand up to Kevin McCarthy. Andy Biggs, which I believe is actually running against him, uh, Kevin McCarthy, Matt Gates, Ralph Norman, Matt Rosendale, and Bob Good. And it says, because these men did the hard part, others will now follow. Congress is full of followers, few actual leaders with, cur uh, with courage, which I wholeheartedly uh, believe that and agree with that. So this is Axios. And it says, House Republican leader Kevin McCarthy has begged. Ooh, begged. Beg. Like the beggar you are. Uh, has begged countless. You doodling over there, Sal? My boy out here gets bored on my... Uh, on my podcast. I appreciate the vote of confidence over there, Sal. He's doodling out there. This guy gets front seat row to my show every day, and he spends it doodling. I put you to sleep? All right, but I'm going to start charging you for that. I'm, I'm going I'm to charge you for that. No, but uh, anyways, Axios. House Republican leader Kevin McCarthy has begged countless lawmakers and offered extraordinary concessions, including allowing members to easily fire him at any time to secure the votes for Speaker. Why it matters? Republicans will take control of the House as a 118 Congress opens Tuesday, but McCarthy still doesn't have the votes he needs for Speaker as a handful of GOP lawmakers remain publicly opposed. Top members of his team tell Axios they're optimistic about pulling it out, but they can't point to an exact route. Phrasing, uh, always a bad sign. Have you ever seen that show, by the way? You ever seen Archer? You haven't seen the animated? There's like a thing that like whenever, you know how like in uh, The Office it says... Um, it says, uh, uh, that's what she said. That's like his thing, right? Well, Archer, like this animated thing, anytime like something like is said like that, he says phrasing, like, like the way you phrase it. So like, for example, it says here, uh, top members of his team tell Axios they're optimistic about pulling it out. Phrasing. <laughs> that's going to that's gonna be the thing now. You know, so phrasing. All right, anyways, uh, short cutaway there, guys, just to kind of explain an inside joke. All right, it's always about sign McCarthy <laughs> unveiled a package of rules. And we got we to gotta keep it lively here, too, you know. Changes on Sunday for the incoming Congress in an attempt to win over Republican holdouts to his bid for Speaker of the House. Uh, the rule changes amount to concessions to conservatives who previously demanded similar changes. The changes include what was considered, quote, a red line for McCarthy, making it easier to force a vote on removing the Speaker. So, um, which is interesting because here we have on a tweet, on a video actually, um, for those of you who can't hear, there's really like no point in giving you the audio anyway, but this is right at, the, at a Congress. It says GOP leader uh, McCarthy has moved into the speaker's suite, 
But if he fails to secure 218 votes, he will have to move all his stuff back out. So it just shows a guy. He kind of has like a little cart and it's, it's it looks to be like moving stuff uh, from one place to the other. So it looks like Leader McCarthy is kind of going through with moving his stuff into the speaker's uh, suite anyways. And I guess if he does, doesn't have the 218 votes, he's going to have to move out. But I guess that's how uh, confident he is as of right now. He's just like, you know what? This is my this is this is my house, <laughs> you know, but uh, he's like, yeah, this is my spot anyway. No one taking it. But, um, it, you know, it, it is kind of interesting to see this kind of like inner fighting. But I think Anthony Sabatini uh, brings something that is actually very important um, uh, to the front. And that is that um, usually when people go into a vote, people don't want to be the people voting against the party. Nobody wants to be like if you need four votes or five votes. Uh, to not secure it for Kevin McCarthy, you're basically painting yourself a target. I guarantee you that the people that voted against Kevin McCarthy are not going to be having it easy come 2024. These people are going to be out for re-election, and I guarantee you that Kevin McCarthy and 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 the GOP establishment are going to be working uh, feverishly. I guess is the word. Um, and and definitely going to be ambitious and making sure that these guys don't get reelected because that's just the way it is. You don't have to like it. I don't have to like it, but that's just the way it goes. Why would you want people in your party that you know don't get in line? And at the end of the day, that's what you want. You want people that fall in line. Is it a problem? Absolutely, it's a problem. It, does, does it have to be good? No, no, absolutely not. But Hey, I mean, if, if you're the leader of a house, I mean, literally your house, you don't want everyone bickering with each other, trying to decide the direction of, of what you say, right? You're especially if you're the male, the alpha male in the house, it's going to be a little bit controversial, but you make the rules, right? Everything goes the way you want it to be. And then imagine everyone just kind of wanting to do their own thing. That's not what you want. You want everyone falling in line. But it also, if you're a people like Kevin McCarthy, that's why it's your duty to make sure that you are not just a good speaker, but just an overall good person. And unfortunately, a lot of people just have lost faith in Kevin McCarthy from the voters and now apparently to even members of Congress. <coughs> so I think I think what we are watching here is people are finally starting to push back. Here we have these five representatives saying like, dude, no matter what you say, no matter what you do, we're not voting for you. And, and it appears that now Andy Biggs is running. Um, actually, I'm going to type that in. I, I don't think I brought that forward here. But uh, Andy Biggs, speaker. But I, I'm pretty sure, yes, yeah, I don't see any scenario where, where I'd support Kevin McCarthy as a House speaker. McCarthy has a track record of cutting backdoor deals with Democrats, which is also true. So um, uh, uh, I know that uh, actually, where is that, by the way? Let me see. I'm going to have to pull up Laura Loomer because there's actually commercials. Uh, Laura Loomer, she's working with a company that's putting out commercials against um, Kevin McCarthy for speaker. And I, I know that there's also supposed to be a vote this month for the RNC national chairwoman. And that is also highly contested with uh, Ronna McDaniel, uh, the incumbent. And then you have Harmeet Dillon, an attorney. Uh, RNC attorney actually out of California and she's running against her. So it, it's going to be a very interesting month to say the least for Republican leadership. Here we have Kevin McCarthy with, with no vote of confidence. He, he doesn't have enough votes to secure speaker. And then you have, uh, you know, Ronald McDaniel who's being challenged by one of her own uh, Harmeet Dillon, arguably one of the biggest fighters, one of the most famous fighters because she takes on big cases and, and, and she challenges the establishment all the time. So uh, I'm going to try to see if I can see if I can get that for you guys here. Laura Loomer commercial. I apologize for not having this up yet. Pero I had it in a link. But I can't pull it up either way. I think you guys get it. There's commercials being ran against Kevin McCarthy and you have people like Laura Loomer and then Steve Bannon actually. Um, actually, let me see if I can just go to her. Because actually, uh, Steve Bannon is playing it also on his. Oh, here it is. 
It's already here. So it was as of five hours ago, so I'm going to go. Domestic terrorists and Kevin McCarthy said the January 6th political prisoners are domestic terrorists and insurrectionists. As one of the most powerful politicians in our country, he has done nothing to stop the unconstitutional J6 committee. Good Americans and their families are now suffering in federal prisons under McCarthy's watch. Call your congressperson today and tell them to vote no on Kevin McCarthy for Speaker of the House. Our nation depends on it. Paid for by American Liberty Fund, not authorized by any candidate. Or That's who she works with, American Liberty Fund. And then there's actually another one as well. Yeah, and this was actually Steve Bannon. And I, and I was actually looking at the uh, Twitter feed earlier. Uh, Steve Bannon actually had and, uh, Andy Biggs or Mr. Biggs. Uh, yeah, Andy Biggs from Arizona um, on his show as well. So there's obviously this divide. And, and look. You can think whatever you want. You can say whatever you want. It is best that we hash all of this out right now. Let it happen. Embrace it. Now is not the time to demand unity over the same failed Republican right, the same GOP establishment. Right now is where you want hair pulled. This is where you want the nails off. This is where you want the wigs off. Right now is you want the bloodbath for Republicans because as we inch closer to 2024, that is when you are going to want a republic, a united Republican front. I always say this pre-primaries, let there be a bloodbath. But after the primaries, after we know who the nominees are, it's time to start falling in line. And, and you don't have to. I'm not saying like you have to compromise. I'm not saying you have to vote for the people. No, absolutely not. But what I'm saying is by that time, the people are already nominated. It doesn't matter the what of the, the could have, should have, would have. It's, it's too late by then. So this is now a second commercial here. Uh, let's no see. speaker who votes with oh. Democrats. Okay, hold on. So this is a second commercial, which, again, I, I'm only showing this to you guys so you guys can understand the context, so that you guys can understand the infighting that's happening right now, and that there's actually people like Laura Loomer and, and this association that she's working with to, to get this guy out. of the House is third in line to the United States presidency. Do we really want to install a corrupt establishment rhino speaker who votes with Democrats more than any GOP member of the House? America, we urge you to call your congressperson immediately and tell them do not give Kevin McCarthy. Uh, there you have it. So obviously you guys see ad money. There's there's tons of money being ran against Kevin McCarthy. And look, you might be one of those people that say, this is why the left wins, because they always stick together. Uh, if you're one of those people, I'm sorry to say you're not you're not paying attention because there's always infighting within the left as well, especially with the establishment DNC, people like Bernie Sanders, the progressives. They're always fighting each other. But when it comes to crunch time, I will admit they are unified. But there's always infighting and infighting is good because sword iron sharpens iron. And, and, and what we need to, to see here is that it's good to see that there's a fight. It's good to see that Republicans have finally had enough. It is good to see for people like Laura Loomer or other activists or other prominent conservatives uh, saying, dude, we've had enough of the same old, same old. It's not working. We need to make changes. You people that, that claim to be our representatives, that claim to represent us, we the people, are not listening to what we have to say. And we're done with it. We're done with with losing. We're done with compromising. We're, we're done with allowing you to continue to represent us. And again, you know, uh, who knows where all this will end up? Uh, in my personal opinion, I think Kevin McCarthy will weasel his way over as speaker. And and hey, you know, you again, whether you agree or disagree with Kevin McCarthy, even pro President Donald Trump uh, has has endorsed him, has said that he needs to be speaker, and he's done it multiple times since the election. So, again, only time will tell where that all goes, but uh, I think we're in for a very, very heated uh, month, for sure, in, in the Republican Party. And then the last thing I'm going to go into here, this is the last segment, is uh, those are more for like the California folk. These new California laws go into effect on January 1st. It says Democratic Governor Gavin Newsom signed 997 new laws in 2022. Man, just three shy of a thousand. What a slacker, bro. It says, and many of them take effect January 1st. Cheaper abortions is is now uh, a thing here as of yesterday. Private insurance companies can't charge people copays or deductibles for abortions anymore. That will save an average of $543 for a medication abortion and $887 for a procedural abortion. 
higher pay. California's minimum wage will now jump to $15.50, which it's interesting because I actually saw a tweet yesterday uh, by a representative here in California. I just don't remember who it was, but says, uh, you know, the minimum wage in California is now $15.50, but that is still not uh, high enough. I will not stop fighting until it's $25 an hour. Isn't that crazy, bro? Like, we, we've been fighting for so, how many years to make it up to, like, $15 an hour? And now that $15 an hour is finally here, the first thing they say is, it's not enough. We need $25. And then guess guess what's going to happen? You know what's going to happen already. It hits 25 and then what's going to happen? It's not enough. 25 is simply just not enough. We thought it was going to be enough, but it's actually not. So we're actually going to go ahead and go up to $45 an hour. It's going to be insane, man. So it says that will mean raises for about 3 million workers who earn minimum wage. Uh, so that's going to be interesting. Grace for pedestrians. Jaywalking and loitering will be enforced differently in 2023. Police officers won't be able to ticket people for crossing the street outside of an intersection unless they're in immediate danger or getting hit by a car. So jaywalking is now legal. Which, you know what? I, I mean... I don't know how you feel about that. I was just in Arizona, dude, and I don't know if jaywalking is illegal per se, but even like in New York, you know how like the streets are so like together. It's like everyone jaywalks, bro. You know what I'm saying? I've I've never been like a huge I don't know what your thoughts are on that. He says that like in neighborhoods it should be fine, but like busy streets is probably gonna create chaos. I don't you know what, bro? Darwin's law. You know what I mean? Or who is it? Is it Darwin? <laughs> you know what? If it's meant for you to get hit, I mean, less people in California. Mm, silver lining? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, but one of the most important ones, obviously, is, uh, is that California is now a sanctuary state for transgender kids. It says a new law will try to stop other states from punishing children who come to California for transgender surgeries and other gender-affirming care. The law will block out-of-state subpoenas and stop health providers from sharing information with out-of-state entities related to gender-affirming care, defined as, medic quote, medically necessary health care that respects the gender identity of the patient as experienced and defined by the patient. That includes hormone therapy to suppress secondary sex characteristics. And, of course, wiener alert. Here we have Senator Scott Wiener, an openly uh, homosexual man that has no children, uh, talking about uh, this is December 31st. Tonight at midnight, SB 107 goes into effect and California officially becomes a state of refuge for trans kids and their families. As red states pursue hundreds of laws criminalizing LGBTQ people with incitement to violence all too common, California stands strong as a beacon of hope. Now, what struck me in this tweet is that it says incitement to violence. I'll be very honest with everyone. I follow a lot of the trans movement, the LGBT movement. I, I, I like to have my hand on the pulse, my finger to the pulse. I, I, I Obviously, right? We, we need to know what's going on. I have yet to see anything or anywhere where incitement of violences have happened. I have seen people protesting. I, I have seen people like outside of drag queens and saying like, hey, this isn't right. We, you know, uh, what you guys are doing is is heinous. It's not right. It's sinful. It's immoral, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then we actually had um, uh, a few weeks ago, uh, I remember I showed you guys videos of uh, the, the drag queen story hour, the Christmas special, that they were going to be traveling different states. And I guess, uh, Sal, update on that is, uh, I guess they made their way over to Florida, and DeSantis was like, we're putting a stop to that. <laughs> so he's like, it's no longer going to be allowed. So I don't know if they're drafting legislation as we speak, but he's like, yeah, that's not going to be allowed. Like anything that has anything to do with sexual in nature we're just not going to allow kids to be there anymore. So I think he's going to illegalize like those uh, drag shows uh, there, which good for him, by the way, uh, which kind of goes back to his stance on the pro-life stuff. Good for him on the on the life beat bill. Hey, listen to your constituents. That's what I always say. It's not about me. It's not about anyone else in California. It's just if this is what Florida wants, give them what they want. Um, but here is one video that I will share with you guys that did happen. And this is Sean White. Sean White, uh, he is an evangelist, uh, Christian, uh, conservative. He ran as a Republican for, for Congress, didn't make the primary nomination, and since then 
God has used them, in my opinion, God has used them to evangelize and to go around the entire nation baptizing people. I know there's a lot of people kind of, oh, maybe this, maybe that, maybe she cut his hair, uh, it, whatever. Whatever your opinion is, you got to give the guy credit that this guy, during the pandemic, went around city to city evangelizing, baptizing people, and spreading the gospel. So to Sean White, uh, kudos to you, good sir, for doing the Lord's work. And with that, uh, he posted a video. So December 31st, he was supposed to have, and he still had it, um, uh, basically a, a last Let Us Worship of the Year. This was going to be in San Diego, California. Now, Sean Fight is very outspoken in his beliefs. He is very outspoken in, in you know, the LGBT and, and, and the trans and the ideology that's affecting children and it's influencing today's youth, the youths. Um, but this is a video that he posted, and unfortunately, the church where he was, or he did end up performing at, got vandalized. So again, here we have people, for example, like Scott Weiner, Senator Scott Weiner, that uh, you know, red states are inciting violence. But here we have a very blue state, and this is the violence that they are committing. So let's take a look here. So for those of you, I'll just kind of like pause it. So the very entrance says F. Sean Fight, and it's on the sign of the church itself. You have police presence already responding. So it kind of cuts off to like another one where the police are investigating. And then you have an anarchy symbol with, uh, I think it's like male, female. And then I think that's, what's the upside down cross? Isn't that like something? I. I don't, I think it's, yeah, like a trans or something like that. I don't know if they meant to do an upside down cross. I wouldn't be surprised, but, and then it says anarchy in the middle. And then, uh, it has a upside down triangle, which I believe is an Illuminati thing. Uh, but it has three arrows in the middle of it. That's for Antifa and it says queers bash back. So obviously whoever did this. Um, probably part of the LGBTQ community. I don't know. Antifa. I don't know. We, I, I haven't read too much into it, but this is just a video. And then in the back, it says F Christian nationalists separate church and state. Uh, one of the windows is vandalized with a Nazi sign with uh, a thing over it, basically saying that, uh, you know, you guys are Nazis or no Nazis welcome here. Uh, it cuts away to another scene. It says trans rights are human rights. Separate church and state. Anti-fascist resistance will not falter. Christo-fascist not welcome. No safe space for bigots. Transphobes out of San Diego. God loves the LGBTQ, which that is true, by the way. God, God definitely loves them. Just doesn't like their sin. Don't laugh at me. <laughs> Sean Fight hates queer people or queers, queers bash. F Christian nationalists. F Awakened Church. Queer anarchy. And then one of the windows is smashed in. And then it kind of goes into We Won't Back Down. And I think there's some music after that, so I don't want to get copyright infringed. Uh, yeah, all of this is vandalism. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, he showed like some other pictures. I think like this one, yeah, shows like one of the windows was actually broken and it had like a anarchy sign on it. Um, so it's really interesting to see people like Senator Scott Weiner that are so concerned with like trans kids, which which really isn't a thing. I'll be honest, it's just grooming is, is what it really is. Um, and he talks about inciting violence, but then he, you know what, let's, Let's see if he's maybe spoken out on this violence. Maybe he like reposted Sean Fight and said, hey, this is not what the queer community is all about. This is not who we are as the LGBTQ community or, you know, whatever. Um, well, apparently queers do bash back. So let's says, so here's that. When I did sent that three hours ago, whether the housing market, nothing on Sean Fight. No, nothing on churches being vandalized. Which is not the first time, by the way. This has happened in many churches and uh, pro-life centers ac across the nation. They've been Molotov cocktail, et cetera, et cetera. Happy New Year. Nope. Nothing on Sean Fine. Interesting. Interesting.
No, yeah. Nothing on churches being vandalized by queer bashers. That is very interesting. But no, um, you know, again, kudos to Sean Flight. Glad, I'm uh, hoping everyone is okay out there. Um, you know, he, he tweeted, you know, truth sounds like hate to those who hate truth, which I agree with. Um, it, you know, obviously everything is a lot more nuanced than just this church or this reaction, but uh, good for Sean Flight. But man, as far as these new California um, laws that come into effect, I mean, it, it, it hurts to see that California, my beloved state that I will always fight for, it's, is, is on the trajectory, continues to be on the trajectory of just, dude, this is not the way, man. Like, we, we, something needs to change, you know? Oh, protected rap lyrics. Look at that. They knew that I was going to become a rapper in 2023. They want to protect my rap lyrics. I wonder if they're protecting Bryson Gray's rap lyrics. <laughs> or if maybe he's just not out of there, you know? But new, oh, new state holidays? <laughs> Juneteenth is now a state holiday. California will have three new state holidays in 2023. Juneteenth, the Lunar New Year, and Armenian Genocide Remembrance Day. Ju Juneteenth will be June 19th and celebrates the abolishment of slavery in the United States. Lunar Year celebrated in Asian countries and co coincides with the first new moon between the end of January and the first 15 days of the first month of the lunar calendar. More time to grieve. Most workers will be guaranteed at least five days off when a loved one dies. I, I, I could see that. Ah, oh, Sal, you're heartless bastard. The law applies to government agencies and private companies with at least five employees. Damn, there's only three of us in here. <laughs> the family member means spouse, child, parent, sibling. I, I could see that, bro. No, that, that, that one's good. That one. And then salary disclosure, oil drilling. There's a new law on oil drilling. A law to ban new oil drilling with 3,200 feet of home, school, and other community sites. I think that's just going to be uh oil thing there i think they're just trying to get rid of that stuff but man only time will tell what happens with all these new laws uh, you know you have uh the new mayor of los angeles miss uh karen bass saying that she is going to be all about combating the homelessness is that just going to be a big money dump my guess is yes but who knows maybe with the with with the way people are are leaning more right not necessarily voting more right but leaning more right on things and and if republicans can prove to to be better come 2024, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. But I think things need to change because I think people are, are very sick and tired of everything. But with that, uh, you know, thank you guys for tuning in. If you like what we are doing here, you know, we got new merch. I'm actually wearing the new hoodie. Trust God. It's a nice color. My wife and I, we got matching sweaters for, for Christmas. So she was very excited about that. This is the first episode of the year. Thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, if you want the merch, merch links are down below, or you can go to informwithanthony.com forward slash shop, right? Forward slash shop. Yeah, that's what it is. And then if you want to continue to help us grow, it is a new year. We have new goals. We have new ambitions. Donating just as little as $5 a month can make a huge difference. And that's over at patreon.com forward slash informwithanthony. Thank you guys for your continued support, and I will see you guys tomorrow, Tuesday, God willing. See ya.